together in this way, Lord, to worship you, to praise you, Father. Truly, you are worthy this morning, Lord. God, here we are, Father. We want to be, we want to be pleasing in your sight, Lord. We want to bring glory to your name, God. And I pray, O oh, Father, have your way in our hearts and lives here today, God. Bless our brother James as he shares the word of God with us here this morning, Lord. I pray your blessing, Father, upon the word as it comes forth. Give him your spirit, give him your grace, your liberty, your freedom, God, to preach what you would have us to hear here this morning, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you love us and that you care about each one of us, Father. Just, just uh, pour out your blessing upon us, Lord. We need you, God, and we look to you. Father, we also pray for those that cannot be here this morning, Lord. We ask that you would be with them, bless them, encourage them. Especially think of deans this morning, Lord, and, and uh, Becky there. God, we ask, Father, that your hand would be upon them, Lord. And we pray for Becky, God, Father, for a sound mind, Lord. Oh, God, we pray, Heavenly Father, and we ask also for a miracle this morning, Lord, that you would heal her, oh, God. That is our cry. That is our prayer, Lord. You are a miracle-working God. Right, uh, see if I can find my notes. Is it still about a half hour, which I'll usually do, somewhere there? So, uh, as I, I was asked, Daddy, Daryl, whoever you want to call him, <laughs> or I should call him, asked me to uh, have the opening, or if I would, he didn't try to pressure me or nothing, but I didn't know how it worked driving and Knew I was driving yesterday, but feel pretty good. Um, knew I didn't have time to study up here prior, so I pondered on what I might have in the past, you know, to pull out of that I might share. And something that I shared back there in Georgia, um, the church, come to mind, and I, I don't know y'all that well anymore. I don't know where y'all are at. Um, I don't know your personal lives, your family lives, or um, so if this doesn't apply to y'all, y'all just lay back and go to sleep. No, don't go to sleep, please. But uh, we'll try to. Uh, hopefully, y'all can apply it. I know it's something that we need reminded of quite a bit. Um, and what I want to talk about, and I titled the thing. Um, it was actually turned into a series down there, and I'm going to try to, as much as I can, cover the long and short of it uh, today. But it's loving those close to you. Okay, um, so basically, I want to deal, I dealt with three, uh, four points. Loving your children, loving your wife, loving your husband, and loving your parents. Loving your church family also. I didn't ever just do that one by itself. But uh, these are aspects 
I say I don't know y'all that well, but I, I feel like we all struggle with these things. I mean, it, it's something that is um, we all have to deal with, or it's a real world we live in. So, and the sad thing about it, um, oftentimes it's the ones we love the best that it's easier to hurt or worse, almost. And uh, so, just want to cover some of this stuff as we think about. Love, what is it? Oh, many different. Well, in the New Testament, I think there's actually three different words that were translated into love. The love we're looking at is not the, the feel-good love, the, um, although it does feel good at times. It's not just strictly, um, let me read. Is it the feeling that I have for that piece of pie? I love that pie. No. That's not what we're going to talk about. Um, sometimes we might use the words wrong in these in, in our day today. Um, is it the feeling I have toward that young man? And I just think that he's so funny or handsome or strong or whatever. You know that you kind of have this like as a young person or vice versa. The uh, feeling that you have toward a girl you think looks good. I don't know where y'all young people at. It's pretty easy to sometimes classify that as something you know it might be love do I love that person okay uh, and that's not what I'm talking about either but I did want to cover those things just a little bit just to kind of engage your thought <laughs> hopefully um, so what is this what is this uh, love that God writes about in his word or has has had it written about. First um, John four twenty. We'll just should have had it wrote out, but if a man say, "I love God and hate his brother, hateth his brother," he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? That hate's a pretty strong word there. But yet, I wanted to pull that verse out. If you, if you say you love God, yet you don't exhibit love for your fellow man. How is that actually true? You haven't seen God, he says. But you live right with that person that you might be exhibiting a hate for. You might find a little bit of hate in your heart. <clears throat> Um, so what is love what is there okay real quick what um, what is love or what is different characteristics is that the word how you say it characteristics of uh, don't laugh um of our, of how we, different ways we could say that um, that love is, or what makes love. I have love is selfless. Okay, um, what's the opposite? What is love not? And the opposite would be love is selfish, right? So, is it, y'all just real quick, you can think. I don't got much time. I just have a few, um, but try to fill in these what it is, what it isn't, think about it. Love doesn't keep score, is one thing I wrote down. 
Pretty easy, isn't it? Keep score with somebody. Well, they've done this, so, you know, um, and we can keep score, as it were. Um, love is caring. Love, obviously, is, um, if it's the opposite, it's uncaring. If we're uncaring towards somebody, then we're not loving them. Love's thoughtful. Love gives. Gives and gives and gives. Uh, those are just a few things that I had thought about. Love seeks to understand what is best for a person and does it. It is unconditional. No matter how they treat you, love is selfless. And that's Basically, it's following how you see, how did Jesus do, right? You know, and as we look at Jesus' life, it's trying to follow in his steps and exhibit that toward your fellow man, whoever it be. So toward the children, um, how should we act? How should we exhibit love toward the children? Okay, this day and age, you know, that we're taught... Um, different than what the Bible teaches. The way the world says to show love toward a child is different than what the Bible, how the Bible shows. Um, trying to rush and uh, getting... Deuteronomy 6, 7 says, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest in the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Talking about the commandments of the Lord. But as we love our children, this is what we'll do. Um, I found it very interesting to note all the times that they do this, that he was instructed, or was being instructed. When I sit just in the way, talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. When's that? To me, it speaks of all the time, basically. You know, instilling into them the word of the Lord, or... That's exhibiting love for your child. In Ephesians 6, 4. Another little nugget here. Instruction for us. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but rather well, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Um... I think that's very important to not provoke. That's the big thing. Not provoke to wrath. Proverbs 13, 24 says, He that spareth the rod 
repeateth it's done. Okay, now this is very um, it's not what the world teaches. It's not the politically correct thing to say. Um, you spare the rod, you hate your son, is that right? Okay, well we already know that you're not supposed to um, how was that? Provoke them to wrath. And it's very important. And what am I? I'm a young dad. What am I teaching this? But very important not to even discipline out of wrath, out of anger. Because I feel like it's also, we tend to have a view of God of how we actually view our dad or our parent or our father. My children, I can warp how they, what they think of God by the, how they actually look at me. And I think it's important. God never disciplines out of anger. It's very important, okay? We need to discipline. It's not, love is not buying every toy or thing the child wants, pampering them until they think themselves a king. It's not that. It can include some of that. But it's not just giving them everything they want. Sometimes, in fact, it may be withholding something they want. We need to pray for wisdom, us parents. Okay, let's move on. Um, So love towards your wife. And I I told Lynette this morning, the the one of the wife toward the husband, I'm not so versed in that one. I I don't study that, (laughs) obviously. I studied uh, more the relationship of the husband to his wife. But uh, so love is not giving roses to your wife or buying that expensive thing on her birthday or anniversary, Mother's Day or such. You know, sometimes it's easy to just, you know, we go through life and all of a sudden, oh, it's her birthday, so I go buy her something or and maybe that speaks, I've read a book, I don't know if y'all have heard of it, but uh, the five love languages and the different ways you can actually exhibit love or else um, you interpret love as it comes to you. Um, so different ways, I mean, most of this, what I have would be actually like the love language of, of giving gifts, um, also service. But it's not those things that... Sometimes it seems like it tends to be, you know, it's not just that. Uh, Whatever your love language is, it might, it's not just what yours is. Love is not fixing, I don't know, getting on to the next point. Um, So what is love? What, what, What does the Bible show or God want us to understand in our relationship with our wife? First Peter three seven. It says, Likewise ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. And I think it's important. I mean, it says that your prayers be not hindered. Um, Love your 
Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with your wife, giving honor to her as your heirs together of the grace of life. And it seems like it's tied in there that your prayers aren't hindered. In other words, if you're not living with your wife or loving your wife as you should, maybe your prayers actually will be hindered. Um, so just looking in this verse a little bit. Uh, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Know and understand what your wife needs, husband. Know her. Know her needs, right? Know what makes her tick, as it were. Um, you know, what does she really enjoy? You need, to, you need to do that. I need to do that. I know what my wife's. If you will, I go back to that book, The Love Languages, and I don't know how many read that book, but it's definitely it's wrote by, I don't know what he is, a Baptist or something, but I, I believe there's some stuff in there that is good for, it was good for me to read. Um, you know, because there's different ways we can exhibit it and receive it. Wife might be thinking she's making all these meals for you, and you just don't feel loved because you're looking for a gift from her or something, you know. Um, understand what is it that she enjoys. Know her. Uh, giving honor. I, I thought this. Okay, wait. Know and understand what she needs emotionally, physically, and spiritually. There's three different levels there that we need to try to understand, really. What is it? And meet those needs. Emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Don't just say, oh, that's just how she is. You know, we need to seek to understand her. Um, giving honor. Well, I thought that was very interesting whenever I, I looked into that word and, and how I came to understand it. Giving honor unto, how does it say, actually? Unto the wife. Giving honor unto the wife. Understanding her real worth and value. Okay. What, what is she worth to you? What's your wife worth? Um, understanding her real worth and value. But it didn't just stop there. As I looked into it, and I'm just, I, I can't read you the definition, but this is how I came to understand it. Um, and holding her up there in your estimation... And in the estimation, uh, your estimation. So, basically, you understand what a real worth and value is to you, and you're like holding her up there at that place so others can see how much you value her. Okay? It's kind of like the wives. Um, if they have something pretty, you know, in the kitchen or something, it, they, they might put the china up there where it can be seen, right? Okay, it's not a bad thing. I'm not talking about, you know, bragging. And I've heard husbands do that already. If you, you know, talking to a young man or 
you know, I've heard it, a comment. If you get a wife half as good as mine, then you'll be doing good. And I feel like I would have been embarrassed. I mean, I was as a young person hearing that, you know, hearing that comment. And I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about that, you know, where you're bragging on your wife in front of everybody, but it's, it's in your daily walk, in your daily life, lifting her up there, and that's just where she is. And everybody can see that you value her. Because it's very easy, us husbands. I've heard it. I've seen it. I don't know. I, I, right now I can't say that I haven't done it or I have done it, but I, I know I've seen it. Um, it's easy in conversation. All of a sudden you find yourself there, and all of a sudden if you're not having a good day and just really in love with your wife right then, you say something negative to your friends about her. How many have heard that? I mean, y'all all have heard a derogatory comment about your wife or a man's wife. You know, we try not to do it, but yet, how many times do we actually? Oh, let's not. We don't want to go there. We and, and to hold her up there in that value, your estimation. Treat your wife in a way to make her the most beautiful and bring out the best. Make her lovely so she can just give herself to you, your beautiful bride. Love your wife through your word, through your action, your feelings. Just your whole, our whole um, way of life through the day should be showing our wives that we love them. I don't know if y'all experience this or not, but as Southerners, I mean, uh, down there, I know it's down there. Um, seems like people can take pride in being able to say something negative about a person, right? It doesn't matter who it is. And then end it with bless your heart, and it makes it fine. So, I mean, have y'all heard any of that? Um, it's kind of... the. The more they pick on somebody, the more they love them, supposedly, you know. And, okay, y'all don't need to worry about that. It don't look like y'all, y'all understand what I'm saying. Do you know what I'm talking about in Tennessee? What have they done that? Kind of. And um, I think it's very important that we don't do that. Even, even if the culture around you is, is, is acceptable in your culture around you, I think it's important not to do it. Um, even I, that's with your wife be it with just your friends I, I really draw back from you know just saying something in fun about you know oh bless their heart <laughs> be it true or not true So try to bring the best out of her. There again, I just love, I'm going to bring her back. Hold her up in that estimation. And really let no doubt in the people around you that that's where you're holding her. <clears throat> Moving on. Um, First Peter 3, the wife to the husband. Um, one to six 
says, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your husbands, that if any obey not in word, they may also without the word be won by the conversation or way of life of the wives. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating of hair or wearing of gold or putting on of apparel, but it let, let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is corruptible, not corruptible, even the ornament of the meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, a great price. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trust in God adorn themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. There's many verses that could be picked out, and I'm, obviously I am not cut doing any of these subjects justice. <laughs> I'm just real quick, just trying to cover some of this stuff. Um, many different verses. I just want to look at here, look here in First Peter a little bit. It's amazing to me uh, as the as the wife loves her husband, and as she is in submission, subjection, whatever, as she puts herself in the place that God has ordained for the wife to be. It can be such a powerful testimony a witness to even to an unbelieving husband that he can be won to Christ by that simple obedience simple um, and obviously you are not ever going to go against what God says in obeying your husband but if it's just a preference that you have or whatever it is you know Put yourself under the husband. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Uh, chaste, exciting, reverence, venerable or sacred. Pure um, was in there. That, that, was, that was the first definition of chaste. Pure was the second definition. Uh, number two, when I looked it up, it meant pure. Pure from carnality, chaste, modest, pure from every fault, immaculate, clean. That word is a beautiful word. As a wife or even young ladies take note of that. As y'all study this word out, um, if you want to be beautiful, be chaste. <laughs> Just seek to understand these words. And uh, I don't know, that, that young lady or that person, that, that wife that exhibits is really beautiful. And that's why God says, is in the sight of God a great price. Meek and quiet spirit. It's this whole person that he described right here. Meek, verse 4, means gentleness of spirit. One way, one definition. Um, verse 6, looking at the word Lord, is a, is a title of honor expressive of respect and reverence. <clears throat> Call, so... I guess basically, are you, you sisters, married sisters, are you 
Is that where you have your husband? Um, there is... Are you able to call him, as it were, Lord, a title of honor expressive of respect and reverence? Do you have reverence for him? Do you respect him? Um, this whole thing of uh, holding score, to keeping score, um, can come into play in a husband and wife relationship, not just with the wives, but with the husbands also. And we need to be, make sure that we don't keep score. I've done this for you last time. Or, you know, you think, think to yourself, I served. I took care of the children. You know, whatever. I got up with the baby last night. You know, it's time for you to get up. No, it's, it's a thing of, of, um, of service, following in Jesus' steps. And it'll come around. It'll come around and bless us. It will. Uh, but to keep score, it's your turn now. No. <laughs> it's, uh, I have in my notes, and I think I can kind of remember it. It says, give the story of a young couple putting a ca- cabinet together. And I think, if I remember it right, it's been, I didn't read it. I couldn't find it. But I think they had bought this cabinet or something uh, you know, in a box. And they were working, this young couple was working to put this thing together. Does anybody remember a story like that? Okay. But, uh, did you? But as they put it together, uh, the young man, as probably most young men do, a lot of them anyway, he just started getting the parts out, spread them out on the floor and started putting them together, right? My wife's like, you look at, look at, get the directions out, read, read the directions, right? Well, if I remember right, in the end, they um, actually ended up, the, the young man admitted he had to look at the directions. Okay, but the, the wife did not say, I told you so. Um, I think it's important. If you find yourself, you wives, if you, if you find yourself in a situation like that or at a place where you can say, I told you so, calling him Lord and I told you so, don't go to yourself. Basically, it's a long short. It can be uh, it can be tempting. I believe it can be. I'm not a wife. <laughs> I'm not, you know, but as far as, uh, you know, whenever, we, whenever we've said something, that even as a, uh, you know, it's just common. You want to be right all the time. Um, should be done. Um, so what about the children to the parents? How can you children love your parents? Now I got a question to y'all. Is honor and respect involved in love? You think? You think? Honoring your parents and respecting your parents and their desires can that be um, can be showing love? I think it can. Um, it doesn't. The Bible doesn't necessarily, or what I, it doesn't say, children love your parents. I don't think of a verse anyway, but it does say honor 
your father and mother. I believe um, different places we can know we know that we need to have respect to our parents, to your parents, and it's something that we can even carry on after we leave home. We can honor our parents after we leave home. Um, many different ways. So there's different examples I thought about in the Bible of um, children honoring the parents or the dad. Um, I thought of Joseph and his brothers. Okay, that's a that's kind of a comparison between the two. Joseph, I believe, he honored his dad. His brothers did not. Joseph could have. Do you think that Joseph all of a sudden realized that his parents, uh, his brothers, his siblings did not like him? I don't think it was all of a sudden. He didn't all of, they didn't all of a sudden just throw him in the pit. No, he knew that they didn't like him. But his dad said, Joseph, I want you to go check on your brothers. And he was going to go all alone. But dad, they don't like me. They, they think I'm your favorite. We don't read that. He went. And uh, by it, was thrown in a pit, sold as a slave by his brother. He honored his parents. He, he honored his dad. He honored him. Even, he didn't hold him account. Uh, he told his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good later on. He didn't tell his dad, Dad, you, you should have never sent me off to go check on them boys. I knew it. No. He... He loved his dad, even at an old age, and respected him. Um, there again, what is love? A strong, fond affection, unselfish, loyal, and benevolent, caring for the best of another, even when it hurts you. So, do you have that for your parents, children, even youth? Or can we grow in this? I know I know I can grow as a husband, I can grow as a dad. Um, just real quick, I already talked about honor, but uh, this word can be used for the children as well, honoring your parents. It's, or it is used. Honor your father and mother. Um, there again, to fix value upon. Remember the wife honoring, holding them up? Hold your parents up. Would you like to do that? How many of y'all? Let your friends know that this is my mom and dad. And I'm not embarrassed about it. Even though, I don't know, sometimes they might not do quite what you wish they would do. That word honor, another way to look at it, um, children, do y'all have a favorite uh, something, some treasure in your house? Andrew, can you think of a treasure or one treasure? You probably have multiple treasures. Y'all children, you think of your treasure, something that you, is it your bike or whatever it is? Something that you just, if you would have to part with everything else, 
but you could keep one thing, what would it be? Or think of it this way. If your house caught fire and you could only save one thing, what would it be? That's your treasure. You could save anything, but everything else burns up. What would that be? Well, it's kind of the, a little bit of the word, honor. Fixing that value, the, the thing you value the most. And that you honor. That's, that, that's the thing you honor. That's, honor your father and mother. You know your parents want your good? For the most part. There might be a few parents. You know, I don't think here though. I don't think here any of these parents here are not looking out for your good. In the world, there's some parents that they're very selfish and that's all they care about themselves and they just let their children lie by the wayside. But your, char- your parents want your good. They are for you. You know what else? They've been there and done that. They were exactly right where you were, are, where you are. And we don't like to think of that as children. That's thrown in our face too much. But you know what? It's true. They've been right where you are. They've been through it. And that's how and why they are advising you the way they are advising you. Did you know that they give laws, the laws that they have in place, the rules, if you will? I'm calling them laws, but the rules, the advice they give you is for your good. Did you know that? All laws are for our good. The traffic laws are for our good. You know what? It's against the law to drive off the road or to not stay in your lane. Okay, that's, that's, that's kind of stupid, ain't it? That it has to be against the law. But they'll, they'll cite you, they'll give you a citation for failing to maintain lane. And oftentimes, whenever there's a wreck, that's one of the citations, failing to maintain lane. It's very obvious. If you don't stay on the road, if you don't follow those laws that are given, that you're a lot more likely to wreck. And children, it's a lot more, your parents are looking out for your good. If we don't follow, if you don't follow their advice, if you don't follow, seek, seek to understand what they're trying to say. If you don't follow it, a lot more likely that you'll make, as Paul says, shipwreck. <laughs> you'll wreck your vehicle. You'll have heartaches. Jesus was the last one that I, I, I thought of, Abraham and Isaac. I'm not going to cover it. Jesus and his parents, he, uh, you know, he went home after he realized that he had to be about his father's business, and he disappeared for a long time. Um, in closing, I want to read one verse sorry I'm a little bit long I tried to cram it hopefully y'all are blessed with it Ephesians 5 2 and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given us 
given himself, sorry, given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Walk in love, in that love for each other. Thank you all.